the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, the lake of fire, the second death. These are images that flooded my adolescent mind alongside real-life stories of pastors in Soviet prisons and mental institutions. This was all alongside the ever-present possibility of a nuclear holocaust. Fast forward to today, we have Russian hackers, disinformation campaigns, fake news, conspiracy theories, and to top it all, a global pandemic. Surely, the stage is set. I'm Paul White, and this is Apocalypse, the Book of Revelation. Join me and my special guest and friend Pete Milner as we explore what God might be saying through this incredible book to us today. Hi everyone, and welcome to another sauntering podcast with me, Paul White, and my great friend Pete Milner. Hi everyone. And once again, we're sauntering in the book of Revelation, and we've reached chapter 19 today. So let us pray. Lord Jesus, we give this time to you now, and we want you to be the focus of our attention, not on the disasters and difficulties that are going on in the world primarily, but on your victory and all that you want to say to us today. So speak to our hearts. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Super duper. Well, Pete, we have, I was just saying before, I was having a conversation with a lady yesterday who is not a Christian, and she was saying, I've always been very interested in the apocalypse, mm. and or no, sorry, in um, eschatology, wow. and she was very concerned about all the current events with Putin and so on. Yeah, yeah. And the invasion of Ukraine. And mm. we talked a bit about that. And it's it's really interesting when people who aren't followers of Jesus are starting to talk about a political figure as possibly yes. the Antichrist or mm. Well they know. the the rhetoric of the symbols is embedded in the consciousness yeah. of the Protestant West, isn't it? Yeah. So we have Antichrist, Doomsday we know that somebody will try and take over the world. And these these kind of images are swimming around our heads. And they're swimming around the heads of our neighbours who may have long since left the faith yeah. and, and abandoned it. You know, they, they last longer than mm. the love of Jesus, the cost of discipleship, the necessity of church and, and the kingdom of God and establishing in the world. They, you know, people will hang on to... The images of, of doomsday and the spiritual openness to things like angels and dream mm -hmm, interpretation sure, and stuff. Yeah. Long after um, kind of re refusing to follow Jesus. Mm. And to me, I, I look at the world's events with a very careful eye as, as a hobby. I feel like that's one of my main hobbies sure. is, is trying to second guess myself about, OK, what do I immediately assume is underway and what facts can I find out that will help me have a sort of slightly counter voice to what's automatic and mm. when I look at the war in Ukraine which is at the time of recording sort of a week in and when I look at Covid two years through I think yeah when they started and when they kicked off it really does 
give you a big rush of like, oh my goodness, is this is it? This is it? this the beginning of the end? Yeah. And and we love that expression, don't we? Yeah. This is that's what Winston Churchill said at the start of the World War, wasn't it? Um, I think it was 1941, or, or when when the sort of blitz had kind of come to a stall, and and he said, you know, it, this is not the end of the war, and it's not the beginning of the end of the war even, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning, mm. and. For him, he, he sort of recognised in the events that, that a, a change had come and that things had, had begun to change um, in Britain's favour and in the Allies' favour. And when I look at the Second World War, I think, oh my goodness, what are we worried about now? I mean, we, it is a Ukraine and um, Afghanistan and things are, are terrible humanitarian problems, but there, there can be no equivocation, can there? The Holocaust, the invasion of the Soviet mm-hmm. Union, the Blitz, the global conflict, the magnitude it was in the Second World War. It, it just makes, you know, this, this invasion of Ukraine is equivalent maybe to the US and UK's invasion of Iraq in 2003. It's mm. that sort of a scale. Mm. And so I'm always desiring to be cautious at, at trying to read the times yeah. because... My instinct is to read in the Bible, in the New Testament, to see the words of Jesus saying, keep an eye on the times. And yeah. I'm like, well, okay, well, I will. Try you know, to do I'll, that. Yeah. I'll keep my head up over the <clears throat> parapet and I'll keep looking ahead and try and interpret the times. But the egg you get on your face after you call it and then it isn't yeah. is supremely embarrassing. And the worst thing is that in the history of the modern interpretation of Revelation and Doomsday in the last 150 years is no one ever admits that they called it wrong. Yeah. The Millerites, the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Protestant groups all through the 20th century. This is it. This is it. This is it. You know, it will be the Soviet Union that invades the nation of Israel. That's definitely what it will be. Oh, wait, the Soviet Union's collapsed. Well, it will be Russia that does it, along with all the... Um, you know, Arab and, and Iranian and, and African Islamic countries as allies. Well, all right, those have all gone, become Western allies. Uh, well, well, it will definitely be this. And yeah, they yeah, never yeah. sort of come to terms with the error in their sort of attempt. And it's like, well, now they're dead, that previous generation, and now we've got new things to comment on and yeah. interpret as signs of the times. But we, if we don't express enough caution and don't stay close enough to the text... yeah. I think we're dooming ourselves to be embarrassed by whatever we've said. Yeah. And I think a lot of people 30, 40, 50 years in the future will be on their deathbeds thinking, well, I sure got that call <laughs> yeah. wrong, actually. It's really interesting, though, Pete, going back to what you were saying about the vocabulary and the mm. language of apocalypse, the language of end times and eschatology, biblical from you know biblical language. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you've got the... There's a... a, some, a a journalist made the comment just the other day, these people, these ordinary Ukrainians mm. have swapped their keyboards for Molotov cocktails. And yes. I thought, wow, this is a um, plowshare into a sword. Yes. But it's just the, the contemporary contemporization of, it, yeah. of that. Trade isn't my it? laptop yeah. for a <laughs> hand grenade. Yeah, definitely. So we are <clears throat> definitely in very challenging times. And I think... It, kind of for us in western europe mm. it, it's particularly close to home it feels very close to home whereas mm. other things have been more remote and so i guess it gets us really anxious on a different level but we're gonna hunker down into revelation 19 today yeah. and have a little look it at what's going good on here one. 
So verse one, then he says, after this, I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out hallelujah. And I love the way John always wraps it up in this kind of language. It seemed to be. Yeah. I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out hallelujah. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For his judgments are true and just, for he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. We were saying yesterday, weren't we, Pete, that mm. Babylon, Babylonish kind of mindset, culture, the spirit of small s, spirit of Babylonish kind of yeah. thinking is so interwoven into the whole culture of the world. Yeah, and every system of power. Yeah. And, and it's got the same last name, sure to fall. You know, the, the only <laughs> yes. inevitability is that it will definitely not last forever. And yeah. this this hope that is pinned on on the eventual triumph, the full and final triumph of Jesus is something that we should identify with strongly isn't it it's like we use money we have property we we kind of go to work and and we participate in the system a bit yeah but our hearts know that this is not it you know material things will never deliver the everlasting life that jesus promises us and so we look forward to that day and doesn't it just feel like the great crescendo of revelation to say hallelujah justice yeah. yeah, hallelujah, final kind of, there's been a reckoning and the rubbish has been sorted into rubbish and the precious treasure has been gathered up and, and vouchsafed by Jesus himself. Mm. And what a chorus, you know, what a chorus. Incredible. Line. It's, it's wonderful, isn't it? And a lot of it does read like the the kind of production notes of an opera, doesn't it? Yeah, it, you it know? does, yeah. This I is heard, a chorus, yes, isn't it? Yes, this is the chorus, a great crescendo singing hallelujah. Mm. And that's a word we know from the Psalms, isn't it? Me and praise the Lord. It's, uh, it's that clear, pure, hallel, yeah. loud, clear sound, yes. praising God. Yeah, praising Jehovah. Do you Yahweh. find, I mean, you're a worshipper and a worship leader. I've, I've been singing worship songs for a long time, long time too. Do you find there are enough songs that celebrate the kind of culmination of the justice of God? Well, do you know what? I think this little study we've done together mm. has inspired me into thinking, right, how do we articulate this better? In worship. I mean, there yeah. are some, aren't there? there you know, are all the some. saints and angels bow before your throne and... Mm. Um, yeah, uh, there, but there's I, that great one, isn't it? The old chorus of uh, that sort of literally quotes one of these from Revelation. You know, it's praise and glory, wisdom yeah, and might, yeah. honor and power. And strength. He's coming on the clouds, and kings and kingdoms will bow down. Yeah, yeah, there's some every, really good ones. They they are truly inspiring, and mm. they're truly apocalyptic songs, aren't they? Really? Yeah, but that theme of justice is so much. Yeah in revelation isn't it and and it's one that i think we could see more of in and, worship music and actually the psalmist celebrates the judgments of he god he certainly does and yeah. this is a real echo from one of the mm. psalms for his judgments are true and just for yes. he has judged the great and and really avenged on her the blood of his servants we yes. said didn't we yesterday in chapter 18 just how hostile mm. Babylon is towards yeah. the servants of God, the apostles and prophets. Yeah. 
But the great shift between the Psalms and the Revelation Psalms, if you call them that, mm-hmm. you know, these are basically psalmy. Yeah. Um, I think that the great shift that's there is that same thing we're taught in the New Testament, across the New Testament, that our struggle is not really against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. You know, we may have to defend our homes sometimes and we may have to kind of figure out money in a very practical way. But our real battle, our real opponent is spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's heavenly realms. It's, it's um, not the human beings that are sort of being co-opted into Babylon's nefarious schemes, yeah. is it? And so these Psalms tell us the future will be that Babylon itself and the beast itself and the devil himself will be judged. And that will be yes. the ultimate kind of answer to what in the Old Testament Psalms are quite fleshly sort of yeah. human problems, aren't they? You know, I, I hope that, <laughs> that you, you would get... slay the wicked. Yeah, Lord. that yeah. you break their teeth into pieces with gravel and like bash their old heads in you know because they they experienced all these things with a much more limited scope but it is the apocalypse and the apocalyptic revelations of the new testament from starting with jesus himself and john the baptist working through the apostles up until this book and it's those that sort of reveal the cosmic scale of the justice of god because if god is god then how can injustice go yeah. unpunished and well, that's the question isn't it, it one of the questions everybody says if there's a god of love how does he allow this yeah you know how can this happen but this question is certainly answered you know yeah. he's avenged the blood of his servants that's right and he has made the wrong things yeah. right at last yeah. yeah verse three then once more they cried out hallelujah the smoke from her goes up forever and ever And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, small and great. So there's a sort of heavenly cheerleader kind of cranking it up, leading the worship there in heaven. that's right. I wonder, from the throne, do you think the throne speaks or do you think it's the lamb on the throne along with God who's testifying? Because I, I'm privileged to have studied under a guy called William Atkinson, Dr. William Atkinson, uh-huh. during my master's course. And he wrote a wonderful book called Trinity After Pentecost, which oh. you can look up. And this book, he, he talks about the um, the procession of the Trinity. So we know that, you know, from Christian creeds and from the Bible's own information that we worship Trinity in unity. You know, mm-hmm. all Father, Son and Spirit are co-equal in glory and majesty, along with the historic Christian faith. But... There, there is a sense in which Jesus says, you know, directly that the father is greater than I. And and he, he when he's revealed in the incarnation, he seems subordinate to mm-hmm. the spirit because it's the spirit that sends him or drives him or fills mm-hmm. him or, um, or or kind of directs his steps and things. Yeah. But then just at the end of John's gospel, he says, you know, and I will send my spirit. And, you know, Paul recognises the spirit as the spirit of Christ as yeah. well as the spirit of the yeah. Father. And so there's this thing that happens after his resurrection in, in Pentecost where it's like um, the son has effectively gone up a peg from where he was conceived by the Holy mm. Spirit. And the spirit was sort of above him. You know, when he condescended, he made himself lower even than the angels to come yeah. and be with us That's and to live amongst wonder. us. Yeah. But that great thing of, of the resurrection and the pouring out of the spirit of pentecost to sort of reset the balance back to father then son then spirit and it's revelation the book where you see 
the lamb on the throne together with God in his fullness of glory. Yeah. And the, the great picture is sort of solved for all eternity. Yeah. But the glory always goes up. You know, Jesus says, you know, I don't do it for my own glory, but to point all the glory to the father. And so this is this is why I think praise our God, all you, his servants, you who fear him, small and great. I think it could be Jesus because Jesus mm-hmm. always does a direct the glory yeah. back up to the father. Amazing. It's all for him. Wow. What a thought. Mm. Verse six. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude. Is that term again? Yeah. Like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the almighty reigns. Oh, good one. Let us rejoice and exult and give give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready it was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. And then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Mm. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, I just want to say something, because I'm, <laughs> I'm a dad of three daughters and one son, yes. as you know. I've had the privilege of marrying two of my daughters where I was actually conducting the service. Yeah. But also, I had that experience of the growing anticipation in our home, once the proposal mm. had been accepted and the engagement had been celebrated. The day is coming. There's this sense right now we're counting down the days to the day of the marriage. And yeah. the bride is thinking of all the things, she's how she's going to dress herself, oh, wonderful. what she's going to wear, how the ceremony is going to be. She's so excited and there's mm. this growing sort of excitement and tension in the home in a good way. And... Everybody in the bride's orbit is yeah. kind of drawn Gathered into, into that. that. Yeah. Oh, lovely. And then, you know, you send out the invitations. The, oh, she starts getting her back. nails done. She's mm. arranged to have her hair done. And there's this sense. And really, there's this sense, isn't there, really building up through mm. the scripture. This aching, longing, overleaning sort of something's got to happen yeah. and then we realize this is all about a wedding yes now but, we get it and, and so much so because though this is far from just the morning before the wedding is it you know <laughs> this process begins you know there's lots of weddings that happen in different ways but i know for both your daughters you know this process begins months in yeah. advance doesn't it the getting ready is the sort of continuous present tense you live in from the moment the proposal is made until the day that it all happens and sometimes it carries on a little bit after that doesn't it but clearing up is good (laughs) oh golly happy birthday father of the bride (laughs) hope you like the broom um (laughs) but this i i love this because that whole heart cry is so much woven into the new testament from jesus up until here Mm. and on into the future where we know don't we know that the bride somehow is not yet ready yeah and we know that there's so many lost souls out there and and someone's got to preach the gospel to them and we've got to go out there and do the job and you know 
the Lord is not slack, as some people count slackness, but mm-hmm. he's patient because he wants everyone to come yeah. to the salvation that he's promising. Yeah. And that is so much present in this sort of psalmic hymn oh. and of praise, isn't it? Yes. That finally, she is ready. And wow. I love that I, could, I have seen, I do see the readiness of the bride in, in small hints and, and ways in which... The church sort of truly is who she is and should be. But it's like the work is not finished. Yeah. We have to still see the full outworking of the preciousness of that proposal that Jesus made to the world. Come and be my bride. You know, we've got more to do, haven't we? It is just incredible, isn't it? Mm. And yes, it's like, don't give up your day job. You've still got a job to do. You've still got to go yeah. to work. Yeah. But we are the ambassadors what we're on working, behalf of yeah, this. We yeah. want to make her ready. And really every act of kingdom kind of advancement or is the bride helping to make herself ready, mm. isn't she? And she's there cooperating with the work of the Holy Spirit who's transforming her heart and yeah, cleaning her up, getting putting her off sin sorted and giving and oh, beauty treatments. Courtesy of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And and again, here is, uh, we saw this before, the fine linen is the righteous mm-hmm. deeds of the saints, isn't it? That we are clothed in what we actually do. It's yeah. not just that the promise is a good one, because it is. And it's not just that God will do it in us because he will. But there is a partnership he really yeah. wants. You know, he doesn't want this bride to be this kind of never say boo to a goose, sit on her butt and look pretty all day yes. while he goes and does the proper stuff. This is the Jesus who has invited the bride to be a part of what he is doing, to be a consultant and an enactor and an enabler and a, a, a sort of partner with him in Incredible. all of his work. Yeah. And that's what's so beautiful about it. I love it. And then it, it, it's really interesting as well because we understand. So we've got these, I think there's four hallelujahs in sure. this, in right. this um, chapter, which is really powerful. And it's like, this is, we are... I think as well, seeing throughout um, the book of Revelation, a growing crescendo of mm. worship. Yes. Where what was more of a angelic living creatures and mm. elders kind of... Kind of hint, yeah. ...thing going Need. on. It's, this has become much more... Mm. The, the human race is drawn up into that in this sense of this great multitude yes. from every nation. Yeah, these aren't Lord. just angels singing yeah, this, yeah. are they? This is people as well. A whole chorus of the created order as well so Mm. at the same time we've got this sense here where this bride we understand that we are the bride somehow Mm -hmm. we'll see some more of that as we go on through the last few chapters won't we but there's all that also this thing where whoa blessed are those who are invited to the wedding yeah it's like so which am I? Uh, yeah. A guest am I or a guest or, or, bride? or a bride? And I think you have the parables of Jesus with the guy in his robe and he's he, or not wearing the robe and he's yeah. been invited to the yeah, cause, wedding. Because the invitation goes out, but not everybody clothes themselves for the supper, do they? They, yeah. they don't all dress for the wedding. And, and yeah, I think it's not a problem for me to take both pictures as yeah. one. You know, I want yeah. to be invited to this wedding, yeah. but in another sort of cosmic and eternal sense, I am the bride you know yeah. part of the bride sort of at least composite. 
yeah. you know, part of a composite brain. Yeah, yeah. I, and I like that. I'm I'm happy with that. I don't yeah. need the metaphor to stretch to this point where it's like some of us will be the bride and some of us will only be guests. I I, yeah. I don't go for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pete. I keep I keep thinking of other things that are so key it's to just me so about dense, this book. isn't it? One of the things I love about the book of Revelation, it really helps us to get a bit more sense of the role of angels. Mm. And so we see the phenomenal power. And there's this time where the angel just throws the beast into the pit and it's like he grabs him by the ankle and hoiks him in the pit and it's no big deal. And you kind of think, well, if an angel could have done that, why didn't he do it oh, ages ago? How much so, yes. But at the same time... You've got the these bits of perspective that really help us because when John is so overcome by this experience, the angel telling him, "Blessed are you know those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb," mm. that he for and he says these are the true words of God. John, boom, falls down at his feet because he's overcome by this incredible moment. Yes, to worship the angel. And, mm. and and the angel says this wonderful statement. He says, you must not do that. That's a sharp rebuke. It's got yes. an exclamation mark in must. my Bible. You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you. Yes. And you get this sense of, whoa, hold on a minute. You're an angel. You guys can throw beasts into pits and stuff and mm. unlock abysses unlock. and... All hurtle down a star from stuff. heaven onto the one earth. One foot on the sea, one foot on the land. Yeah. Do whatever you please. Standing in the sun, and yeah. yet you're now saying you're just a, a, servant a guy like with us. me? You want people like that on your team, you don't you? And certainly do. I strongly get the sense that like this angel is on our team, isn't he? Because <laughs> he nobody who has met jesus would accept the worship of humans would they we would no. never you know paul says you know i bow the knee to the father and yeah. praise be he's like there's no knee left to bow to any human yeah. or any mortal or any king or anything Indeed. else and that is the safe territory of the true new testament isn't it to yeah. say it's all for jesus it's all for the living god it's all for his glory and whatever however spectacular and you know, people or angels may be, and however grateful we are for their ministries and their power and their amazing influence, they will never even come close as as a tiny percentage of a pie chart to the greatness no. of, of him who sits Absolutely. on the Absolutely. And so he says, you know, I'm with you guys. I'm a fellow servant mm-hmm. with you. This is our I'm mission. Com- I'm a companion with you. I'm on the same mission with you. I'm a compadre. Yeah. And your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. So we would include ourselves in Mm. that group and so we have these phenomenal angelic beings partnering with us in ways we know not of yeah and then he just says worship god and then for the testimony of jesus as the spirit of prophecy the spirit of prophecy is all about recognizing jesus for who he is and just saying yeah my lord and my god mm. that's, that's what prophecy really is all pointing towards isn't yeah it? that's right and for my money this is one of the most mysterious lines in the whole new testament the testimony of jesus as the spirit of prophecy it's like i reckon we could write a lot of column inches on what yeah. actually is meant here because that spirit word is is obviously pneuma the new testament's mm-hmm. word for Boy. spirit and it's like the testimony of Jesus is the new mark of prophecy. That that sort of enriches it to me because yeah. it's like it's more than just the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. It's the the very way that it is delivered, and it's the very sort of material and substance of that same 
testimony of Jesus coming into my life and becoming part of my ability to read the world as it is, mm. is all in him and through him and for him and to him and for his glory. And that just gives me immense comfort in the light of all these epoch defining comings oh, wow. and goings yeah, that we're witnessing absolutely. in Revelation. Phenomenal. So even John here, as he's discharging this prophecy, mm. it's the testimony of Jesus. It's all about him. Yeah. And that's the breath running through it, isn't it? Yeah. If you ever think Revelation is just about doomsday and Jesus is a sort of optional extra, you've sure missed it, haven't you? (laughs) Think again. Read again. (laughs) Do it again, but better. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Then I saw heaven open, verse 11, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. In righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems and he has a name written that no one knows but himself he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood and the name by which he is called is the word of god mm. i just find that really interesting because he's he's the one sitting on a white horse he's called faithful and true yes and then he does these other things but then it says he's um he has a name written on that, on his crown or yes. on his diadems, that no one but himself knows. So he's called Faithful and True, but he's also got a secret name that yes. no one knows. Mm. And then he's also called the Word of God. That's right. Which is so interesting because John introduces him in John one John's verse Gospel. One. Yeah. yeah, in the beginning was the Word. Yes. And so we're not left in any doubt who this is, are we? This not champion. even slightly, yes. And and I love that the sort of the blood remains, the testimony remains, but the lamb has has given way as an image, hasn't it, to this mighty warrior, yeah. this one who rides to victory and scatters his enemies. Because gentle Jesus, meek and mild, the crucified God hanging on that wretched mm-hmm. tree, it is such a galling and and humble. Yeah. picture of of the great um beauty of jesus and, and obviously that's how he's introduced in revelation mm. isn't he as a slain lamb or yeah. a lamb looking as though he's been slain and i think um although the lamb as a idea is mentioned again in revelation a couple more times before the end um now when jesus is is looked at in the text you see this guy you know yeah. you see him in all of his glory as he really is you know this great and mighty warrior from whom everything will flee away. Yeah. And, you know, the ones who love him will just come to him. So glad to see him finally as he yeah, really is. look at that. Yeah. He's our guy. Mm. Wow. And so his clothes, he's clothed in a robe dipped in blood. We'll see a bit more about that. Then. Yeah. Um, and it harks back to who is this coming up from Bosra with his garments yeah, stained yeah. with blood. And, you know, I've trodden the right wine press alone. Mm-hmm. From Isaiah there. And then verse 14, it says, And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure. Hey, I'm getting emotional now. Jesus. So good. Whoa. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tre- tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written. Here's his fourth name. King of kings and Lord of lords. My Jesus. Wow. 
So the armies of heaven, the one of the names of God in the Old Testament is the Lord God of hosts, isn't mm. it? Or the Lord of heaven, heaven's yeah, armies. Yeah, Lord of the heavenly armies, yeah. And here are these armies that we've heard about. Mm. And they're all dressed in the same kind of garment as him, white linen, um, white and pure. Yeah. And riding white horses. So the glory that he embodies is also echoed throughout this whole army. Yeah. And and I, I noticed that they're not carrying weapons themselves. You know, he's got a weapon which is sufficient to strike down every nation and every <laughs> kind of opposition that could ever be mustered against him. But we're just riding along for the parade, right? You know, we're just in his train yes. as, as these wonderful redeemed captives who've been saved and now he loves us and he just wants us to join in while he finishes the job. And Amazing. That is the the right way to see it, isn't it? You know, we participate with him while we live and here on the earth. And I'm not diminishing that at all. But, you know, it is him who works in us to Mm. will and to act according to his good purpose, isn't it? It's his glory that this is all for. And it's the power of Jesus that makes us able to do anything, never mind anything meaningful or worthwhile, as we might see it in retrospect. Amazing absolutely wonderful Mm. and so his name is the king of kings and lord of lords unequivocal jesus is god let's not make any let's not get sort of lost in the theology around that sure verse 17 then i saw an angel standing in the sun wow with a loud voice he cried out so he called out to all the birds that fly directly overhead come gather for the great supper of god to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him, who was uh, sitting on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet, who in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image these two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse and all the birds were gorged with their flesh wow so if i have this right jesus comes down in this glorious way, with all of us in, you know, with this great assembly clothed in white behind him. And he comes to finally strike down, you know, Babylon is fallen. Mm-hmm. And all we've got left here is the grotty old beast, the grim old false prophet, and everybody who's followed mm-hmm. them. And somewhere in the background, the Satan, who mm-hmm. must still be struck down and must yeah. still be defeated. And he's coming to destroy them. Yeah. And if I was reading Revelation as a sequence, as a, as a chronology, yeah. I'd be thinking, how many times is this going to yeah. keep coming back? Because we've like, had this scenario yeah. described to us already, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we have. And, and we're going to have it again in a minute, yeah. like in a couple of sessions time. And, and I always think that it's worth the word recapitulation. I think mm-hmm. that that's how we should see this. This is, you know, looking at it from another angle, another... Yeah 
aspect of his great triumph. You know, telling it once would never sum it up totally. type of style. Maybe, almost. maybe, yeah. yeah. It's not like there's lots of returns one after the other and then this is the fourth return or something like that. No. This is the one time he is coming back and he's coming to bring justice and, and enact his vengeance and, and strike away evil for good. And, you know, maybe in a couple of chapters time, here's that whole thing again from another angle. You know, I, that's how I read yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. no, I think it has to be right, and and it's it's this incredible graphic kind of contrast, which from a literary point of view um, is so powerful. You've got this great anticipation, great mm. joy about the wedding supper of the lamb, yeah, and then you've got this ghastly image of a supper where all the carrion birds and Ugh. all the scavenging animals are coming to feed on the flesh of the dead from this battle yeah the beast armies and and it's like it, it i'm sure it's supposed to revolt us and turn our stomachs right over mm. and it, we understand that there has to be a judgment on the beast that will be sufficient for his great crimes. and dreadful yeah. yeah because he truly has been you know the peddler of all manner of evil since the beginning of time yeah he's he's been the the absolute anti-christ hasn't he and so the real christ has to put him away forever because he can't be allowed to survive and go into eternity can he as as a living influence because difficult wow so we're going to stop there and we'll be on chapter 20 tomorrow so join us then let's Mm. just pray lord as we anticipate the great wedding supper of the lamb we also know that there's these dreadful times of judgment Mm. ahead and lord we pray that you will gather up your beloved ones and you will gather from every nation on the face of the earth those who will be yours forever and ever lord we pray what we would love to see is the beast leading this motley army of not many and the lamb leading this great multitude lord that's what we really want to see Mm -hmm. we want to see heaven full and hell empty (laughs) so lord (laughs) we we cry out to you again for mercy oh god on our generation in the mighty name of jesus amen amen